0: Don Bluth, the acclaimed director of two of the most popular animated films of all time, An American Tale and The Land Before Time, now takes you on his most magical adventure ever. All dogs go to heaven. But only one dog ever came back. <laughs> Hi, Charlie. Hi. Will oh! you shut up? I'm alive. Charlie, it's really you? The story of a canine con artist with a second chance at life who became a little girl's only chance for happiness. I'm an orphan. A girl who talks to animals. Could you please tell me which one of you is going to win today's race? All dogs go to heaven. Featuring the voices of Vic Tayback. This is strike two. You're out. Charles Nelson Reilly. No way, boss. Once I get one more strike. Dom DeLuise. I can't help it, Charlie. I itch when I'm nervous. Lonnie Anderson. Hello, Charlie. And Burt Reynolds as... Charlie. You're the best friend I, I ever had. You'll help me find a mommy and daddy? I promise. Oh, Charlie. <laughs> All dogs go to heaven. I have no idea... Where do we go after we die? I don't either. But if there is one truth in life, it is this all dogs do go to heaven. Fucking hey, <sighs> if there's a heaven, absolutely. I know it, and so did Don Bluth. If this is the story of all dogs go to heaven. This is Toys Were Us. Uh, what's your name, little buddy? Banjo. <laughs> oh, sparkly. Dragon's Lair. A fantasy adventure where you become a valiant knight on a quest to rescue the fair princess from the clutches of an evil dragon. Somewhere out there beneath the pale moonlight I lost my family in the big earth Um, you want to go with me? Yeah! Oh, okay. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I do. I do. Where am I? This is the great hall of judgment. Judgment? Oh, not to worry, Charlie. You go to heaven. All dogs go to heaven because unlike people, dogs are naturally good and loyal and kind. Huh. Yeah, that's true. Cockadoo, what a day. The sun is shining brightly. Cockadoo, sunny day Down here on the farm. Tumbolino! Little squirt. Bumbelina! Tiny angel in a skirt. Gumbelina. First she's bending then baking, pretending, she's making things up. A troll in Central Park. The Pebble and the Penguin. Dancing bears, painted wings, Titan AE, get ready for the human race. Hello. Hi, and thank you for joining us once again, especially after that bummer of an episode yesterday. That was a total bummer, (laughs) wasn't it? Big time. Big
1: time.
0: Slapping the bass, man. My name is Richard Hunt, and with me, as always, is my cousin and co-host Brian Muth. Greetings, humans. Today on the Toys R Us podcast, we are discussing probably the best-known movie in Don Bluth's Infinity Gauntlet. <laughs> Good call. All dogs go to heaven. Yeah. That being said, you ready to dig in? You bet. We do impossible if you follow your heart. We start our story around 1982. Behind the scenes of The Secret of Nim. A story was being formed. Ooh, story was brewing. Big old, big old story brewing. Got a big storm coming. The treatment was originally about a canine private eye and one of three short stories making up an anthology film. The character of a shaggy German shepherd was designed specifically for Burt Reynolds. However, Blue's first studio, Don Blue's Productions, was going through a period of financial difficulty, mm. ultimately having to declare bankruptcy, and the idea never made it beyond uh, rough storyboards. Rough. (laughs) The concept was revived by Bluth, John Pomeroy, and Gary Goldman and rewritten by David N. Weiss, collaborating with the producers from October through December 1987. They built around the title All Dogs Go to Heaven and drew inspiration from films such as It's a Wonderful Life, Little Miss Maker, and A Guy Named Joe. The film's title came from a book, um, read to Blue's fourth grade class, and he resisted suggestions to change it, stating he liked how provocative it sounded and how people reacted to the title alone. It's true, very true. During the production of their previous feature film, Sullivan Blue Studios had v- moved to Van um, Van Nuys, California, to a state-of-the-art studio in Dublin, Ireland. Which is just what a fucking hike. That is the uh, that's a fucking power move right there. <laughs> And their first or this film was their first to begin production in a holy Irish studio. Holy Irish. Holy. Holy. It was author, also their first film to be funded by sources outside of Hollywood. The first two feature films, An American Tale and A Land Before Time, had been backed by Amblin Entertainment and Universal Pictures. Amblin. Amblin. Um the studio found investment from UK based Goldcrest films and <clears throat> the US <clears throat> goddamn US seventy million dollar deal to produce three animated features, though only two Rockadoodle and it were completed under the deal. The three founding members of the studio, Bluth, Pomeroy and Goldman, had all moved to Ireland to set up the new facility, but during their film's production, John Pomeroy returned to the United States to head up Satellite Studio, which provided some of the animation for the film. Okay, diversification of labor. It Smart, right? Yeah. Pomeroy also used his presence in the U.S. to generate early publicity for the film, including a presentation at the 1987 San Diego Comic Con. Probably back when you could just walk up and get yeah. tickets. Just like, hey, $15. dollars you like, oh, nice. $15, bucks, little man. Put, Put that, that shit in, in my hand. In. Um, my Comic Con. Oh, God. Ice, ice, ice. Let's go. Um, the film's lead voices, Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise, had previously appeared together in five films. Oh, yeah. For this one, they requested them to record their parts in the studio together. In American animation, actors more commonly recorded their parts solo. It's true. Booth agreed and um, allowed Reynolds and Dom DeLuise to ad-lib extensively. They have great chemistry. They though. do. I mean, seeing them in anything, you're like, I'm in well, for a good time. Yeah, you're like, God yeah. damn it, you're putting a smile on my face, you motherfuckers. Yeah. Uh, Bluth later commented their ad-libs were often better than the original script. Which is just like, for yeah. the most part, if you have comedic timing, yeah, the ad-libs better. are better. That's true. You know? Yeah. Until you're given too much creative freedom like anchorman 2 yeah. <laughs> then you're just like That's what the fuck happened yeah and you know I, I can't speak to super troopers 2 but i heard it's not as good as yeah original. i heard that too and i and i absolutely refuse to watch zoolander 2 yeah oh yeah I, everybody I shit all over that yeah fire. yeah unfortunate so, so i still love you unfortunate um However, Reynolds was more complimentary of the draft, warmly clipping, great script kid as he left the studio. It's <laughs> <Just laughs> am- the most Burt Reynolds thing. It to really see? is. Just imagine Burt Reynolds turning to you saying, Great script kid. That'd be like wow fuck. Be like, I'm pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um Another pair of voices, those of Carface and Killer, Vic Tabak and Charles Nelson Riley, respectively, also recorded together. <laughs> Londi Anderson, who voices Flo, was Reynolds' then wife. Boom. And, you know, Judith Barcy yeah. voiced Anne Marie. Um. As production neared completion, the studio held test screenings and decided that some of their scenes were too intense for young reviewers, which is another uh, linking fucking thing with all Don Bluth movies. Yeah. He didn't, Don Bluth didn't really shy away from hitting that no, subject material. No, not at all. Writer and producer Pomeroy decided to shorten Charlie's Nightmare about being condemned. Co-director Gary Goldman also agreed to the cut, recognizing that the concession needed to be made in order to um, get commercial appeal. Yeah. Don Bluth owned a private thirty-five millimeter print of the film with the cutout scenes and planned to convince Goldcrest Film on releasing the director's cut of the film after returning from Ireland in the mid '90s, but the print was eventually stolen from his locked storage room. What? Yeah. Diminishing hopes that this version would ever be released on home media. It's like all these people with the hashtags. Release the Snyder Cut. Yeah. Of Justice League. Yeah. Release the Director's Cut of All Dogs Go to Heaven. Jesus. Which I'm more interested in saying. Yeah. Justice League was a hot-ass mess. Oh, man. Even with the, uh... The Whedonisms. Yeah. Or as, uh, Mikey from Movies with Mikey calls him, Jomp Swabbing. Yeah. 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 Shout out to Movies with Mikey. Hell yeah. Shout out to Mikey Newman. Be on the fucking show. Come on the show. You and fucking goddamn James A. Janice. Yes, please. Pull your shit together. Super formal. I will fucking handwrite invitations. Dude, I will will have my dad do calligraphy. and My dad can't do calligraphy anymore because he's got the shakes. But you know what? He'll fucking do it. He will spook ass <laughs> Oh man. Uh, although as of November, or October twenty ninth, two thousand sixteen, there is footage of the cutout scenes of Charlie's Nightmare on YouTube. Oh, go YouTube. Yeah. Which means someone, whoever stole it, yeah, was started like, up on YouTube. Oh. They're like, okay, just like some Robin Hood type shit. That is that I can fuck with. Yeah, we can get behind that. The success of the film, particularly its performance on home video, prompted several follow-up productions. A theatrical sequel, All Dogs Go to Heaven 2, a television series, All Dogs Go to Heaven the Series, Mm -hmm. and All Dogs Christmas Carol. No, Um, I don't remember that. You don't? No. Oh, hell yeah. Huh. Yeah. Uh, Don Bluth and his studio had no involvement with any of them. Jeez, it's American Tale Part 2. It is. Part two, part two. Uh in in All Dogs Go to Heaven 2, Charlie Sheen replaced Burt Reynolds. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about things that have aged poorly. Very poorly. You know who else? Don Bluth sadly has no involvement with? Is it Facty? It's Facty. Don Bluth was so heartbroken over the death of Judy, uh, Judith Barcy that he based Anne-Marie's design and mannerisms on her Aww. to honor her memory and cope with the loss. During the scene when Charlie is in heaven, where they keep all the clocks, one of them is a Mickey Mouse wristwatch. <laughs> Which is just like... Yeah. Okay. Respect. The movie's title is derived from a quote from uh, Robert Louis Stevenson. You think those dogs will not be in heaven... I tell you, they will be there. They will be there long before any of us. Mm, good True. Call. True. As of two thousand eighteen, all three of the main leads—Dom DeLuise, Judith, Judith Barcy, and Burt Reynolds—have passed away. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. The first scene with the alligator led to the trope of the bit-lipped alligator movement, er, moment. <laughs> it's a scene that happens out of nowhere with no buildup, does not fit the context, does not advance the plot, and is never mentioned again. Some people don't consider the scene a big lipped alligator moment because the alligator does appear later on the, um, in the movie to kill Carface off screen. And with that, we leave you reeling in your feels for another day. I'm reeling in the feels. Yep. Yeah. I know your old ass will get that. Yeah. Join us tomorrow for a rockin' time. (laughs) Until next time, remember that every dog is a puppy. And remember that you will always be a Toys R Us kid.